Let's stand together as we sing number 199. Hark the herald angels sing, number 199.
invite you to take your Bibles and turn to Philippians chapter 2 for our Scripture reading. This month we have been looking at this passage, and as we've mentioned, we don't immediately think of this passage when we think of the Christmas account, but indeed it is a, a another perspective of Christ coming to earth. And in Philippians chapter 2 and verse 5, I'll begin reading. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth, And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Day rule the nation. 
did you know that your baby boy was heaven's perfect lamb and the sleeping child you're holding is a great I am. Amen. Amen. I invite you again to turn to Philippians chapter 2. We have looked from these verses that Christ came into the world and He as God humbled Himself. And not just humbled Himself, but He became a man. He gave up His exercise of His deity, although He didn't give up His deity. He was very God of very God and very man of very man. But He humbled Himself and became a man. But it's, it's not just He became a man. And then it says, He became obedient unto death. I mean, even a further step of humility and then... God, through the Apostle Paul, adds one more step. Not just that He left heaven, became a man, became obedient unto death, but then He says, even the death of the cross, the most vile, the most shameful, the most reproachable death that there is. This is what Jesus Christ did for us. And so, this picture is painted here of we're celebrating His coming, but it was embracing, clothing Himself in great humility and submitting Himself under the Father, nevertheless not My will, but Thine be done in obedience to the Father. And even praying, God, if there's any other way for the forgiveness of sin, the redemption of mankind, any other way, let this cup pass from me. Meaning, if there is any other way of salvation besides the cross, God do it. But Jesus then said, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. That is the epitome of humbly. That is the epitome of being brought low. As Human beings, we love stories of individuals that were brought low or started low and then rose to great exaltation. We love comeback stories. Here in recent weeks, if, if you're a sports fan here in Iowa, you've probably been interestingly following an, a story that Really, the part that makes it interesting uh, began last spring. The NFL has their draft and they pick college players and they come down to the last pick of the draft. I think it's 242nd pick of the draft. And they've developed this into a, make a big thing of it. They have a jersey that says, Mr. Irrelevant. 
And this is the last guy that gets picked. And um, you've been there when you played sandlot ball, you know. Who's going to take Dennis? Oh, I guess we will. You will feel like a winner then, you know what I mean? <coughs> well, here it was, Mr. Irrelevant. And, and they called his name Brock Purdy, quarterback of the Iowa State Cyclones. He's drafted by the San Francisco 49ers. He goes out there. He doesn't even know if he'll make the team. He makes a team. He's third-string quarterback. They have a, a star quarterback that they have groomed for one year that is going to be the answer to this team's problems. And they have another quarterback that has played in a Super Bowl. And then they have Mr. Irrelevant. The star quarterback that's going to be the answer um, I forget, breaks his collarbone or something early in the season, maybe before the season. The other quarterback comes in and he's leading the team and he suffers a season-ending injury and Mr. Irrelevant is put in to play. He comes in in a game against Mr. Relevant, Tom Brady. If you're a sports fan at all, you know. And Mr. Irrelevant won the game. He then started his first ever game, and he won that game. He started his second ever game, and he won that game. And he started yesterday, and he won that game. He's found that throwing to Hawkeyes pays <laughs> off now. <laughs> I have always said, if Iowa and Iowa State would join together, maybe we could have a team that's competitive. And it's proving my theory true. <clears throat> but it's a comeback story. It's on the sports pages here in Iowa. And we could list many comeback stories throughout history. But there's none like this one. He was suffered for us the most severe suffering. This was God, as the songwriter said, on the cross. He could have called 10,000 angels. But he died alone for you and me. But I love the verse here in, second, in the second chapter of Philippians. After it lists all that he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, notice verse 9. Therefore, because of what he's done, because of being born of a virgin, living a sinless life, being crucified, bearing the flesh of our mankind, and bearing our sin... Because of what he has done, God also has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven, of those on earth, and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. 
Jesus Christ humbled himself, but God exalted him. Christ did not crown himself. The Father crowned him. Christ did not elevate himself to majesty. The Father lifted him there. And this aspect that Jesus Christ came, mankind did not exalt him. Mankind hissed at him. Mankind mocked him. Mankind reviled him. Words were not enough for mankind. Mankind gathered stones and had not God prevented it, mankind would have stoned him. But the stones failed. And mankind, while he hung on the cross, taunted him and jeered him and mocked him while he died for you and me. But it says here, Because of that, God has highly exalted him. It means to exalt to the highest rank, to the highest power, to to raise to supreme majesty. It refers to the super, the word that is used here is super eminent exaltation. He received the highest exaltation That there was possible. Jesus humbly came as a baby. But the rest of the story is God has highly exalted him. Jesus didn't seek a name for himself. But God gave him a name which is above all names. He has highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above all names, and it is the name of Jesus. Matthew chapter 1, in the account of Jesus' birth, it says, You shall call his name Jesus. Why? For he shall save his people from their sins. He has given him a name which is above every name. The name of Jesus is profanity to the sinner, but it's heaven's password to the saint. Do you ever think about the name Jesus? You never hear someone say when they hit their thumb, Oh, Buddha! You never hear them say, Oh, Hindu! Oh, Muhammad! What is it that people say? Satan attacks the very name that is above every name because he despises that name, and it is the name of Jesus. What is the one and only name that the demons of the pit of hell cannot stand to hear? It's the name Jesus. It's the name Jesus that has power. And he came as a nobody. Bethlehem is famous to us today, but but Bethlehem was not famous in that day. No one knew about it. No one knew the importance of Jesus' birth. It wasn't spread in newspapers. The Messiah was born. Although the angels heralded it in the skies, 
The world itself did not exalt his name. He had no name that the world recognized. Is not this Joseph and Mary's son, the son of a carpenter? Who is he? But then God has highly exalted him and gave him the name Jesus, and he saves us from our sins. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the babe that is in the cradle. It is the name of Jesus. Jesus didn't go about seeking to make a name for himself. He didn't go about and provide interviews with the press and put his name out there. He didn't have a PR campaign. He came and did the Father's will, and the Father exalted him and gave him a name which is above every name. Jesus bent his knee to serve others and God decrees that someday every knee will bend to bow before him. He came as a humble servant. Not establishing, not saying you better listen to me, I'm it. He came as a humble servant and was crucified and rose again. But someday, there is coming a universal acknowledgement that Jesus alone is God. He is the Creator. He is the Savior. He is the King of kings and Lord of lords. And we rejoice in that. That's our purpose for gathering today. It's the name of Jesus. God so loved the world that he gave Jesus, his only begotten son. Jesus alone is worthy of all praise and honor and glory. He is the mighty king of glory. I like how the book of Revelation, as the culmination of history, the book of Revelation says in Revelation 5, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. It goes on and says, Blessing and honor and glory and power be to Him that sits on the throne, to the Lamb forever and ever. I tell you, I need to remind myself of this truth in Philippians chapter 2 that someday every knee is going to bow. I get frustrated with the evil plans of the wicked ones in our world today. Do you understand? Every knee will bow and how universal it says. It says of those in heaven and those on the earth and those under the earth. There's, there's no other those. That covers it all. All of those will someday bow their knee before Jesus Christ and acknowledge you are Lord. Do you, know, do you understand what that means? That means Muhammad's going to bow and acknowledge you are Lord. That, that means Joseph Smith is going to bow and say, you are Lord. 
That means Adolf Hitler and George Soros and Klaus Schwab and I could go on and list. Every person is going to bow. This one that, oh, I don't believe that stuff. I don't believe this fairy tale about a virgin and a baby and, and that's, that's a fairy tale. Everybody that has mocked Jesus Christ, everybody that has attacked Him and tried to destroy Christianity will someday bow their knee and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It ought to make our hearts rejoice and it ought to make us step back and think, what does all this mean to us? Well, he begins this passage by saying, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And then he goes on and he tells us about Christ's mind. He humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And God has exalted him. So, how do we let this mind be in us? Number one, we embrace humility. And that begins by us acknowledging, I am a sinner. That's humbling ourselves. I am a sinner. I have violated God's law. I don't just need God's help. I need God to save me. It's not like I can do part of it. It's humbling to say, I cannot forgive my sins. And it's embracing that humility and say, I am unworthy of you taking my place, but I believe you died for my sins, and I humble myself and cry out to you for forgiveness. It begins by embracing humility, but not just there in the salvation It is embracing humility throughout our life. You know, Christmas brings people together. Sometimes it brings people together so they can fight. And where do wars and fightings come from among you? It comes from our own lusts and desires, James tells us, and our own pride. If we'd humble ourselves as Christ humbled himself, and that's the ministry that he's called every Christian to, the ministry of humility, be clothed with humility, before honor is humility, put on the humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another. So to have the mind of Christ, we learn from the whole Christmas account. He humbled himself. We will never, ever be asked to embrace humility more than Jesus Christ did for us. The most humble act that you think you will endure is nothing compared to what he will endure. But he humbled himself. And secondly, to have the mind of Christ, we need to submit to God. Submit to God. He, he was obedient unto death. He submitted himself. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. 
You know, in the Christian life, over and over and over again, we have to submit to God. I don't feel like doing that. But God, if that's what you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. God, you, you, you want me to go to them and seek forgiveness? They're more wrong than I am, God. Humble yourself and become obedient. Submit. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And the key to the Christian life is continually submitting to Christ. Continually, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And then, to let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, you embrace humility, you submit to God, and then you let God write the last chapter. God writes the last chapter about Jesus Christ. It looks like he's defeated, and then he rose from the dead. It looks like evil is winning and evil is conquering. But God says, don't worry, I write the last chapter. You may be at a chapter in your life where it looks like, I, I sought to obey God and, and it doesn't seem to be working. The last chapter hasn't been written yet. God writes the last chapter. He's the only one that can write the last chapter. He's the only one that knows everything. He's the only one that can judge. He's the only one that can write the last chapter. And Jesus said that the day is coming when the last in man's eyes will be first in God's eyes. And the first in man's eyes will be the last in God's eyes. You know, in, in, in many ways, we, we praise man in various and sundry ways. But every man will disappoint and fail. But God never does. And that's why he says for us to trust him and let God write the last chapter. And I love this in Philippians where it says, Therefore, because of what Christ did in embracing humility and submitting to God, God now has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. When everything is said and done, only Jesus is standing. When I, when I was a kid... Heavyweight boxing was a big thing. And Muhammad Ali, Cassius Clay, was, the world, I am the world's greatest. And, and he often was. But Muhammad Ali got beat. And Muhammad Ali got old. And Muhammad Ali got where he couldn't walk. And Muhammad Ali will someday bow before Jesus Christ and say, I wasn't the greatest. You are the greatest. Everyone will acknowledge that. You either acknowledge that in this life and enjoy the blessings of an eternity with God in heaven, 
or you will acknowledge it at the end when it's too late. But everyone will bow before this babe who is the King of kings and Lord of lords. Charles Spurgeon said about the birth of Christ, those little hands in the manger will one day grasp the scepter of a universal empire. Those little arms will one day grapple the monster of death and destroy it. Imagine the little feet in the manger will one day tread the serpent's neck and crush that old deceiver's head. And yes, that little tongue that in the manger had not yet even learned to articulate a word shall before long pour out from his sweet lips such streams of eloquence as shall fertilize the minds of the whole human race and infuse his teaching into the literature of the world. And again, a little while, that tongue shall pronounce the judgments of heaven on the destinies of mankind. We have... <coughs> Excuse me. We have the privilege here today to bow before Jesus and to come before Him with thanksgiving and praise to say, God, thank You for humbling Yourself. Thank You for bearing my death and my suffering. And thank You for giving me the gift of eternal life and Lord, thank you for giving me how to live in this life. And thank you that I can trust you to write the last chapter. In just a moment, I'm going to ask Kathy if she'll come and play the song, Bow the Knee. If you're here today and able to and feel so inclined I think a great gift for us to give before God today would be to just bow before Him. If you're able to kneel where you are, I invite you to kneel and go before God and say, God, thank you for humbling yourself. Thank you for bearing my sin. Thank you that your name is above every name. And help me to embrace humility and submit to you in such a manner that I honor that name. And for us just to go before God and, and truly, as you are able and so inclined, to bow the knee before him. And then I'll close in prayer. And Jason will come and lead us as we sing the song. But as Kathy begins to play, I invite us to go before God and bow before Him.